0: Shut! Settle down! S- settle down! Oh, you'll have to excuse him. He's a good boy, but the barking! Oh, the barking. He's been here as long as I have, and I've never gotten used to it. Lou, the innkeeper, found him out back nibbling at bits of shellot tossed to the ground for the squirrels when he was just a puppy. The dog ran up to Lou and tackled him to the ground, licking at his face. After that, Charlotte became... Charlotte, the dog of this wonderful inn. What Lou didn't know back then was that Charlotte was cursed. (laughs) My apologies, Lou. Blessed. Charlotte was blessed. He would forever be a puppy. Never growing old, it would seem, and bound forever to have all that puppy love. And all the terrible things that a puppy can give. Despite his yipping, I do love the boy. He's quite adorable. Anyways, that is enough about the dog. Let us begin. Welcome, weary traveler. This is a radio play written by myself, your humble narrator and oftentimes many of my friends. Though there is precious little time for introductions, know I am glad to make your acquaintance. Please, step inside, warm yourself by the fire, and let us embark together on an adventure like no other. Traveler, pull up a chair, warm by the fire, let out a cheer, kick up your feet and grab a drink, worries away, till the day, legends are made, but quickly fade, so come and bark on an adventure today. Chapter Two, The Witchwood. Madness is a curious thing in a world often defined by the violence of nations and individuals. The oligarchy of Rictum, for instance, was built on the bloody ground of the Elven Genocide, the force purged of the people who, over the course of several centuries, were no longer the rulers of this land. Instead, they were simply barriers that blockaded an ever-growing population cared for by the oligarchy. Such violence and slaughter enacted simply because it was the easiest path forward when every bit of soil has been tainted by violence such as this and beyond, you would suspect that every adventurer who sets out on the path of glory, self-discovery, or whatever it may be, that they are hardened to the horrors of the world. But, even the bravest souls may face down fear and become prone to its influence. Even the most courageous may find themselves lost in the woods. Our five adventurers gazed down the long corridor of darkness that would lead them to their objective. Remembering the note from Palin, the group believed it a good idea to ignite their torches. Falsy, Tar and Ernest took a moment to retrieve the torches from their bag and ignited them while Kiki and Leoben's hands began to shine a brilliant white hue from the casting of a spell. The light pushed through the darkness as all five began to step into the Witchwood the echoing calls of whatever lay within sitting just at the back of their minds. It was not total darkness in the forest, but near so. The light of the group was brilliant enough to illuminate the wide road in its entirety while also flickering across the nearest trees. They did not stray from the path and remained focused on reaching their objective as quickly as possible, knowing that the looming threat of whatever will happen when the harvest moon rises, was drawing ever closer. They walked for, unknown to them without the sun overhead, to provide a sense of passing time, an hour or so. It occurred to them at this point, there had been a low hum since they entered the forest. It sounded of a thousand voices whispering gently across the forest. But for two members of the party, Leoben and Kiki, The whispers grew to a deafening roar. Their minds began to fill to the brim with languages they did not understand, but in this moment could comprehend. They both dropped to their knees, Kiki grasping at her head, hoping they would pass Leoben. Meanwhile, toppled over, clawing at his ears, trying to find a way to make the noise stop which three torch-bearing members of the party stopped and gathered around their allies. Taa leaned over Kiki, asking what was happening, but she could not respond. Ligoban began to draw blood as he clawed into his head. Ernest and Falsy quickly restrained his arms. A moment more, passed by, as the whispers faded from their minds and returned to their normal, omnipresent hum amidst the forest. Kiki breathed deeply. Blinking hard as Tar helped her to her feet, Leoban had closed his eyes when he was restrained, but at this point had stopped struggling. With blood dripping into his ears, Falsey and Ernest helped him to his feet. Tar again asked Kiki what had happened. As she explained, the party listened. I started to hear whispers. And kept All coming. except Leoben, his lower gaze lower. focused on the nearby trees where an elderly woman now stood. A cane in her left hand, a long dress adorning her, she watched Leoben with an iron gaze. As Kiki finished, Falsy noted Leoben's focus. They placed a hand on his shoulder and asked what he was looking at. Do you see her? Leoben asked. Falsy looked but saw nothing. The rest of the party also looked the direction of Leoben's gaze and saw only the forest. Falsy shook their heads, saying, "No." I don't, Leo Ben, but perhaps it is best that we keep moving. Get out of here as soon as possible. They all agreed and began to continue down the road, but Leo Ben's gaze lingered on the woman as he pressed forward. She was unmoving and expressionless. When he finally let his eyes drift away and gazed forward for a moment, peace took over as the tree line became empty. A blink of his eyes later, though, and the woman would reappear and continue her vigil. The group continued on for another hour or so without incident. As they walked, they noticed the low hanging fog began to roll in from the right side of the forest. With every step, they noticed their light sources becoming more and more constricted. A few moments more and the light of the torches was nearly gone reduced to a flickering candlelight in the now-thick white fog. The magical sources of light being emitted by Kiki and Leoben were completely gone, seemingly snuffed out by the strange fog. Both made their way to the small flickering flames of their party members as Leoben shouted out, Do you see that? They all looked around, certain of the direction, as Leo Ben and Kiki found their allies. Ta spoke resolutely. Yes. In the midst of the white fog stood a shade, dark and shifting against it all. It watched the party as they came to a halt and stared back. Absolutely not, Kiki said with the whispers still hanging in her mind. Her hands sparked to life as lights began to form at different joints of her body. The light would burn brightly if not for the fog. A bow made of pure energy began to form in her left hand while she slid her hand back as if knocking an arrow. In an instant, she shot a beam of energy toward the shade. As it pierced through, the shade's form was scattered for a moment as the spell became enveloped by the fog. A moment later, it reformed and began to move ever closer to the party before evaporating into the mist. It was silent, as the party's eyes darted around before a collective scream of pain was let out as lacerations from an unseen blade carved into various parts of their bodies. Clutching his bleeding leg, Ernest shouted, Group up! The party huddled together in a circle, their backs facing inward. Ernest handed his torch to Kiki as he drew his bow. Leoben's eyes darted around while a blinding yellow light began to take form in his palm. Tar lifted her shield and stood at the ready. Kiki's palm still sparkled with electrical energy as she held the torch, and Falsi's sword was now at the ready, being illuminated only slightly by the torchlight. The shade reappeared in Ernest's view. An arrow was knocked and set free immediately, to no effect. Again it began to walk toward the party before dissipating. Just! Tara screamed out in her mother tongue in anger as another cut appeared on her neck. The blood seeped into her armor as she continued. We need to move! The party, recovering from their own new wounds, agreed in falsy. The member facing the path they were going down began to walk toward where they believed the road to continue. As they trekked forward, uncertain of how this would end, two new shades formed. One in front of Falsi, and the other directly behind them, facing down Leoben. Leoben, hoping beyond hope that his holy light might breach the entity, let loose a brilliant smiting bolt. Again, it pierced the shade just before it reformed. Falsi, uncertain of what to do, looked at their torch, thinking it was much more throwable than their sword. They sent it flying in the direction of the Shade. The force of the throw pierced through the Shade and then cut through the fog, leaving a small path that revealed its end. The fog quickly closed in once more, but the Shade did not reappear. Falsi shouted back to their party. The fog ends! We just need to make it out! The Shade facing Leoben began to dissipate and he shouted back. I'm with you. With that, the circle broke as they raced towards the end of the fog. With their long goliath stride, Falsy made it out first, then Kiki, and Tar. Leoben stumbled out as Ernest screamed behind him and fell partially out of the white mass. Leoben scrambled and dragged him the rest of the way out, revealing a deep cut on Ernest's heel. Leoben took a deep breath in and placed his hand over the wound. A warmth took over the cut as it began to close over and heal. Leoban, Ernest, back away. Kiki said, gazing into the fog. Leoban helped Ernest to his feet and they saw the rest of their party was staring past them. They turned and stumbled back. Before them, just a few feet away, in the white canvas of fog, were dozens of shades watching the party. They sat in silence, staring at each other. But the shades did not move, nor did the fog, until one by one they began to dissipate and the fog began to roll back into the forest. The torch, which had guided the party out, lay on the ground, slowly fizzling away as it reached its end. The other torches were also nearing their final moments. How, uh, how are we all doing? Uh, Leo, Ben, I see you are still seeing, uh... Strange woman in the trees? Kiki asked as the party began to ignite new torches, and Ben's gaze focused for a moment on the tree line. I'll be honest with you, Kiki. Not well. Along with dozens of other cuts along me, the unkillable creatures in the fog cut so deep into my heel that I could feel my foot dangling off. Ernest said. That roughly describes how I'm feeling. Minus the foot. Tar said. Breaking his gaze with the trees, Leoben added, -"Yeah." -"Yeah, this place is quite terrible." Kiki concluded. Ernest nodded his head as he rose to his feet with a fresh torch. -"Let's get moving and get the Yosht all the out of here." The party began back on the road with the fog behind them and the whispers of the forest continuing on in front of them. It wasn't long until those illuminated by magical light once again began to hear the whispers become yells. Kiki, with the whispers beginning to become all-consuming, screamed out, Oh No, 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 no! Leoben let out a scream as he toppled over, nails going to his head. Ernest and Falsy dropped to their knees and held Leoben's hands away from his scalp with torches still in hand. Kiki was in fetal position with her hands interwoven with her hair as she clutched her head. Her eyes were strained shut as her mouth lay open, letting out a silent scream. The dropped to her knees in front of Kiki, and with the flame nearby, she spoke softly. You will make it through. Leoben flexed his back, trying to retch free from the grasp of Falsy and Ernest, screaming as he did. Seemed the pain would not end, but then a few moments passed by and the cacophony of whispers began to subside once more into a low hum. Kiki took a deep breath in and shuddered. Tears fell from her eyes as her breathing was stuttered and shaky. Before at last the final breath was inhaled and she found her composure. She stood up with Tar, wiping the tears from her eyes Leo Ben laid on the ground, his eyes plastered open, and staring into the purple canopy of trees. Leo Ben, are you still with us? Ernest asked. Leo Ben took a deep inhale and nodded. Falsey and Ernest helped him to his feet. The party gathered in a circle and confirmed that the event was similar to the one prior. Kiki looked to Falsey and asked, Do you have a spare torch? I'm. I'm just trying to think why well, Leoben and I seem to be the only ones affected and the only thing I can think of is maybe magic doesn't keep the whispers away. Falsi nodded and went to grab two torches. She is walking towards me, Leoben said. Where? Tar asked. Leo Ben pointed directly down the road where he saw the old woman slowly walking toward him now. Each step she took echoed unnaturally in his mind before he said, she's gone. The old woman had disappeared as he blinked. The party's attention was solely on Leoben as he screamed out and bent forward, grasping at his back. They looked around, trying to assess if a threat was near, and asked Leoben what was happening. It feels like I was just stabbed in the back, Ta'ar examined where he was clutching and said, There is no blood. Leoben shook his head. We need to keep going. We need to save the children and get out. And so the party, now with five torches in hand, moved forward. The road, which had been mostly straight at this point, began to curve around deeper into the forest. As they turned the bend, the party noticed an object in the middle of the road. As they got just close enough to make it out, they could see it was a chair. The party stood in a line, staring at the chair, wondering how to proceed. Falsy. On edge, and almost frustrated with the force, tossed their torch at the chair. In a moment, the chair lit a blaze, but was not deteriorating. Kiki noticed that on the head of the chair, it seemed as if the flames flickered around a small oval crest in the center. The party agreed to simply go around and hope for the best. However, Kiki, intrigued by the unburning symbol, dared to get closer as they moved around, giving it a wide berth. She stood illuminated by the flickering flames and gazed at the symbol. It seemed to be of a tree, its roots laid bare, each one interwoven with each other and creating a circle around the trunk, until the branches at the top wove into the roots. Kiki sat transfixed on the symbol until her concentration was broken by Ernest yelling out, Kiki! Step away from the strange chair! A moment more, then. Kiki continued on past the chair and watched as falsely ignited another torch. The party continued on for a few moments before looking back and seeing that the flames had died out, but only because the chair was no longer there. A shared silent look was had as they continued along the path. Though they had no rationale for the thought, the party believed themselves to be drawing nearer to the mausoleum. Perhaps it was based more on hope than anything. It was at this point Kiki thought she heard rustling amidst the bushes on the tree line. She continued to walk, but approached the party member closest to her, Ernest, and mentioned it in a whisper. They both did not want anything to be in the bushes, but they wanted even less to be surprised by anything in the bushes. So they agreed to check together. The party stopped. The two ran to where Kiki thought she heard the sound and broke through the bramble and found nothing. They searched for a moment, but could not find a sign that anything was ever there. The pair wandered out of the tree line to their bewildered party, and Kiki explained she thought something might have been following them in the bushes. With nothing to be found, they continued on. No sooner than they were back on the path though, every member of the party heard the whispers of the forest rising from the west. They looked as the trees began to shake, and the sound of cracking branches echoed throughout the forest as a vicious wind carrying the sound of an indistinguishable amount of voices rose in a deafening roar. The party could see the wind coming and had to decide between covering their ears and covering their torches, but none were fast enough to decide as the whipping wind of whispers pelted against them every torch was unignited as every member of the party fell to their knees trying to cover their ears but it was too late the whispers had pierced their minds and they were trying to dig their way in. kiki and leoben at this point were accustomed to it in a strange way kiki tried to rise up and with each shaky step make her way to tar whose head was digging into the ground as she screamed Theobed began to crawl over the false, who was writhing against the ground and was closest to him. From his position he could just for a moment see the legs of an old woman. She flickered away. He felt a sharp pain near his shoulder blade that sent him back to the ground. Ernest was clawing into the ground, staring down with his eyes wide open, hoping it would end eventually. Soon enough, the tornado sound carried on to the east, and they were left again in silence. At this point, Kiki, with the whispers gone, reverted from her walk to Tar, and scrambled for a torch, igniting it quickly. She went to Leoben and helped him up, before handing him the torch and going to ignite another, saying, It will end. It will all be okay. Leoben picked up another torch and ignited it, as Falsy rose up, still clutching their head. He handed the torch to them while they cursed at the pain. Ernest followed in the trail. Kiki handed a torch to each before taking the last from the ground and igniting it. So they were all bathed in the warm torchlight once more. Ah, yost, Ernest said, staring up at a tree whose branch hung over the road. What? Kiki asked. I assume you do not see the hanging man in the tree. Kiki looked up while Tar and Falsy looked around to confirm no new apparitions currently littered their eyeline. She shook her head. Yeah, well, I suppose you're just not good enough for our club, Leo Ben. Leo Ben began to laugh, a cheerful, hopeless laugh, but otherwise offered no other response. Falsy and Tar felt reasonably confident that they did not see anything new. The party as had become the norm of the past several hours in this forest, continued on. They were too far in now to go back, even if they wanted to, and surely, they thought, we must be close. So they trekked forth. Nearly an hour and a half later, they still did not see the Hanging Tree. Just more road, trees and brush. They did feel more confident now in the torchlight, as the whispers laid very low, and did not seem to be rising up any longer. We discussed strategy as they walked, how they would deal with the people holding the children hostage and just generally trying to keep their mind off the forest. We should go in quietly. We don't know how big this place is going to be, where the kids are, where they are, Ernest said. Makes sense, though I worry, silence means we must move slowly. And I am rather clanky, Tara said, lifting her chainmail shirt and dropping it for effect. I think once we are in there it will become clearer, but Tar is right that there might not be time for stealth, Leoben added. Falsi spoke quietly and could not be heard by the party. What was that, Falsy? Kiki asked. I am not very good at sneaking or hiding. Ernest laughed. It's not your fault. I imagine it's quite hard for you to find boxes large enough to hide behind. The party laughed and felt some semblance of joy for the first time in the forest. Well, it sounds like stealth may be a if-we-can type thing. We don't know how strong these people are, but at the very least, we have the numbers head on. We can spread. Ernest trailed off as the party came to a full stop. They watched as a giant toad, led by a soft green-hued light, jumped out of the forest into the center of the road. It let out a loud croak, and the eye facing the party shifted so that a single beady pupil was looking directly at them. Falsy looked at Leoben, and Leoben looked at Kiki, while Kiki and Tar looked at each other, and Ernest just generally looked around, before they all looked back at the toad. They stood in silence. Another loud croak was let out by the toad as it took another leap into the other side of the forest. The party watched on as the soft green light that led the toad began to disappear into the forest. "Should we should we follow it?" Tar asked. "No. I, I mean, what?" Leo Ben added. "We are on the time crunch." Perhaps it is best we keep going, Kiki said. Yes, let's just take it as a good sign and keep moving. They all nodded in agreement as they watched the light fade into the thick of the forest. The party continued on for a while longer before at last they found themselves facing a humongous tree far greater in size than any other they had come across. Its branches were barren, except for several frayed ropes that hung down and creaked as they swayed back and forth. Looking up, Leoben and Ernest saw hanging from the ropes the man and old woman who had become ever-present parts of their vision. They did not mention it to the rest of the party, knowing there was nothing they could see or would be able to do. The path curved around the tree, and the party followed it until they came across a stone structure just slightly off the path. It was unguarded, and no door barred entrance. They gathered round and gazed down the steps leading into their objective. Echoing from within, they could hear the cries of a young boy faintly reaching the surface. Each member of the party looked at each other, and one by one, began to descend, once more, into the unknown. Hello weary traveler! This is your end of episode fireside chat with Jake. Hello again. Thanks for listening to episode three, the second episode in the Adventures of Legend storyline, I guess. I don't have many announcements other than, you know, if you haven't reviewed, subscribed, liked the podcast and whatever service you're using, please do. Helps it get noticed and more people find it. I guess I'll make it regardless of if people are listening to it, but it would be cool if other people listen to it. Not that you're not enough. You're plenty. You're amazing. And then uh, other than that, you know, follow the podcast on Twitter at High Weary Traveler and have a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holiday or whatever it is you celebrate or don't celebrate around this time of year. Have a great time doing that.